Hate Brand Goods, that's us. You're very, very proud of the brand and very proud of what we stand for, man. We stand for those who give a shit. We want to be with those who want to do more. And no matter what your pursuit is and whatever it is, as long as you're holding yourself to a higher standard and you're being accountable to what your goals are, we got your back. Hate Brand Goods, spread hate, always party. What's happening, guys? Happy Saturday. Yep. That's right. Happy Saturday, and welcome to the People's Podcast, the People's Propcast. It is your boy, it is Memphis, and I am here with part two of the fabulous Big Bet. It is me flying solo, as promised, from the Super Show this past Tuesday night on YouTube. If you were watching live on YouTube, you got all four shows at once. But as promised, we had all four podcasts on all four days of the week. And if you're listening to this, you realize this is a very special edition of the Fabulous Big Bet and the People's Propcast, a one-time return due to the Thanksgiving holiday. You never know, maybe doing some more of this in the Christmas time. Uh, A lot of fragmented and splintered schedule games that week, so... We'll jump into all of that. Just want to thank you guys for tuning in, all of the support for the DWZ, all of the podcasts, and uh, make sure you're tuned in on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, man, leave us leave us a, a thumbs up, interact with us over there, help us grow that algorithm, and get more people to the DWZ. Uh, the off season will be here before you know it. We'll be jumping into rookie content, and that is when the dynasty world comes alive. We'll still be doing some other things, but we'll also be debuting some new shows. So you want to make sure you tune in. Uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope that it was profitable on Thursday with three games going on. Uh, I'll recap our Thursday as well as last week here in just a second. I want to remind you that our official odds provider here at the DWZ is BetUS.com. That is BetUS.com. You go over there, you sign up for a new account, and you use promo code MEMPHIS. That's right, like the city in Tennessee, or my nickname, MEMPHIS. You go over there, uh, you can get up to a 125% deposit match, and 100% of that match goes toward the sportsbook. They do have an online casino as well. And if you use crypto, they will match your initial deposit up to 200%. I believe that's up to $500. But head over to betus.com, look around. Uh, I, I like the action. You know, a lot of minus 110, uh, not too crazy. The the hold, the household it isn't as bad as, like, say, a DraftKings or a FanDuel or a BetMGM. Remember, the book's got to hold a little bit more when they have all that advertising to do. You think Jamie Foxx is working for free? Shaq, Ben Affleck, all these guys? No. No, they're not. They're, they're looking to get paid just like we all are. And speaking of getting paid, that's one of my favorite things about BetUS.com. You go right to the homepage, former nba Gary Payton, right there on the homepage, talking about 
if you win, your ass gets paid. I mean, that's part of it, right? You put the money in, you want to collect, you get the money out. But more importantly, uh, betting with a, a, a trusted betting partner. And remember, we all need outs. We all need more outs. Not everyone li- lives in the state of Indiana like I do or Michigan like Jerry, my co-host, on the Dynasty War Zone. So you want to make sure that you're you're dialed in with an out. If you're looking for an additional out, head over to BetUS. BetUS.com. Use promo code Memphis and bet with us. BetUS.com. All right, quick recap from last week. I went 3-2. and two. And the good doctor, Dr. Kyle, went two and three. So on the week, we were 500. Now, Dr. Kyle, he went hammer on his likes last week. He went five and one. He was in fuego. He even went an extra. Normally, we try to go five. He, he went five and one. He went six, and I only went four. I went two and two. So combined, seven and three on the likes. Pretty good week, all in all. When you add all that up, we went, let's see here, that would be five and, it looks like five and eight. Um, excuse me, my, my, don't, don't trust my math. More like 15 and eight. But all in all, a really good week for me and Dr. Kyle. Uh, that brings us on the season. Likes, leans, bets, big bets, the whole nine yards. We are at 102, 101, and four. So basically, he and I are dead even. Uh, I feel really proud of that. There are a lot of professional gambling podcasts out there that are sub-500, that are rebounding, and for us to be dead even on the season across 207 total bets feels pretty good. Now, we'd be stuck the juice on all the bets that we would have made, but not all these are action. You know, there's a lot of leans, and our our leans have been very good. We're 53-43-2 on leans. Uh, Thursday, I did not have time to go back and re- recap Dr. Kyle's. I was one and one on Thursday. I liked the Bears. Minus, I'm excuse me, the, the Lions. I liked the Lions plus the three and a half. Uh, I liked the under in the Dallas and Raiders game. That game was bananas. 60, 69 total points. Nice. And just an all in all good game. Uh, pretty entertaining. The most watched game on Thanksgiving for CBS since like 1980 crazy the power of fantasy sports and gambling and props and we're going to get to all that here in just a second but overall a good week a one and one I did miss my one prop on Thursday I had Monty over 76 and a half rushing yards I man Detroit just plays hard they don't play to win and they don't win and they don't play good football but man they play hard they are out there getting after it each and every game and you got to love the effort so I'm going to jump into our bets. I only have three. Dr. Kyle, he went with a full five. Uh, he, he was feeling froggy. We've already had three games go, and we have two teams on by. We have Arizona on by. We have Kansas City on by. And if you're on those two teams, what a, what a hell of a week to get a buy. Thanksgiving, chance to go be with the family. So good for the Cardinals, good for the Chiefs. They are on by this week. So we have 12 games. He gave you five bits of action. I gave you three bets. Uh, we'll go game by game. We'll break this down, and then I'm going to hit you with the people's prop cast here at the end. So, first game, Sunday, 1 p.m., we have Tennessee on the road at New England. The line is 7. Uh, New England minus 7 at home, total of 43.5. Now, Dr. Kyle has a bet. He has New England minus the 7. He's laying the 7 with New England. Now, I I like New England as well, but I, I don't like the full 7. I think we're a little ahead of ourselves with New England, Um, kind of a recency bias thing. 
We've seen them beat the snot out of some really bad teams like the Jets, uh, Atlanta. And I think the Atlanta game is stuck in our mind. They last played 10 days ago where they blanked Atlanta in Atlanta, and that's great. But the Tennessee offense is not exact. excuse me, the, the New England offense is not exactly setting the world on fire. Uh, a lot of those points, I believe they had two pick sixes in that game. And that would mean that the New England offense scored, I think it was 11 or 12 points in that game. So I do believe, like Kyle, that New England will win the game. But I'm going to use Tennessee in a teaser leg. I'm going to, te- I'm going to tease a six-point teaser. I'm going to tease Tennessee down. I'm going to te- tease them down. Man, <laughs> I am going to tease New England down. Teasing New England down from minus seven down to minus one. So again, uh, I'm a little confusing because I've said it backwards twice. I'm taking New England, but I'm teasing them from minus seven down to minus one, and I'm going to pair them with Green Bay. Green Bay currently getting two per betus.com, and I'm going to tease Green Bay up to plus eight. So New England down six points to minus one. Green Bay up to plus eight with New England. That is my one teaser of the week. Uh, So that's the the Tennessee-New England game. Next game, New York Jets on the road at Houston. Houston laying two and a half at home, which the average home field advantage right now is two and a half. So that would mean like on a neutral field, these teams would be even. I have nothing on the game, but that as I as I read that out loud, that doesn't make sense. I, I think I would take Houston. I'm getting the better quarterback. I think I'm getting the the better effort team, if that makes sense. But uh, I have nothing on the game. Not a lean. Not a bet. Nothing on this game. Tampa Bay coming to my hometown, coming to Indianapolis. The Colts are getting three highest total of the week, fifty three and a half. I lean to Indy. This reminds me a lot of both the timing in the season and the game against Green Bay last year. Uh, the Colts are, are, are a tough out. Number one in the league in turnover margin, and I know Tampa Bay has got a great run defense, number one run defense in the league, giving up about 80 yards rushing a game. Colts have got the fourth best rushing offense. This is strength on strength. I, I don't see Tampa Bay really pulling away. Uh, so for me, I lean Indy. I'm trying to let my homer bias not not draw me into a, a full bet. Uh, next game, Atlanta on the road at Jacksonville. Atlanta, 10 days rest. Jacksonville getting two points at home, total of 46. Dr. Kyle has a bet on the under, under 46. I have nothing on the game, but I don't hate that. I was listening to my man Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of Vegas sports betting the uh, Westgate uh, tournament out there in Vegas. And he shared this little nugget that the Jacksonville Jaguars season-high points scored was 23. And that was in the, the London game. So one time, 23 points. I, I, and I don't think Atlanta has to get a ton of margin here. But Jacksonville's defense has been playing better. Jacksonville's offense looks terrible. I do have a couple of props from this game later on in the show. But for me, I have nothing. But this is Kyle's second bet. He's going Jacksonville and Atlanta under 46. Next game, Carolina on the road at Miami. Miami getting two and a half at home, total of 42. Now, Dr. Kyle has nothing on the game for me personally. I am going over. I'm going over the 42, and this is all about Cam Newton and Tua. 
since Cam Newton has been back with Carolina, they've been scoring about 27.5 points a game. They scored 34 against the Arizona Cardinals and then 21 against a pretty game and improving Washington football team last week. Uh, I feel like Carolina can run the ball. Miami's defense has given up the most yards on the season this year. But but I do, as much as I've been a critic and a uh, an opponent, a naysayer, a non-believer in Tua, I do believe that he can move the ball a little bit on this defense. I think this I think this line should be on the point total should be like 45, maybe 44 and a half, and I think I'm getting almost a field goal of value. So my second bet is going to be Carolina and Miami over 42 points. I also like the fact that these these teams have created, I think it was 25 total turnovers. So uh, turnovers can create some short fields. Uh, I like the over 42. Next game, Pittsburgh going to Cincinnati in a revenge spot. Cincinnati came into Pittsburgh earlier in the season and beat Pittsburgh outright as the, the favorite. Now tables have turned. Pittsburgh going on the road to Cincinnati. Pittsburgh is an underdog getting three and a half a uh, total of 45. This is Dr. Kyle's big bet. He's taken Pittsburgh plus the three and a half. And he didn't leave me a lot of notes as it's Saturday. But uh, I have a lean to Pittsburgh. And I'll, I'll share you some of my thoughts. For me, this is a fade of Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Steelers. Excuse me, of the Bengals. And a play on uh, the head coach, Mike Tomlin, of the Steelers. I'm, I think I'm getting the better coach. I'm getting significantly the better defense. And this is pretty much for me that this feels like a a playoff game to me already. And both of these teams are, you know, five, six wins. Pittsburgh is five, four, and one. Cincinnati is six and four, if I remember correctly. And, you know, this is going to go a long way in the AFC because it's, you know, with the Colts playing well, the Bills and and Patriots, you got all the teams in the West. The Chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders won on Thursday night. The Chiefs, you know, to keep pace in the wild card race for those three wild card spots in the AFC, th- this is going to be a very important game. And in a spot like that, a big spot like that, I- I've got to lean to the superior coach with the experience. So I'm going to lean to Pittsburgh on the road getting the three and a half. Uh, final one o'clock game, Philadelphia going on the road. Philadelphia, man, has, uh, has things changed. Philadelphia was uh, struggling coming out of the gate, but as they've changed their offense, their uh, their success has changed. Heard a really interesting story about Nick Sirianni, the head coach. Uh, comes from a long, a long line of coaches in his family. I believe both of his brothers and his father are head coaches. Heard it on the Mark Schlereth podcast on Tuesday or Thursday. If you're interested in that story, I highly recommend that podcast, The Stinking Truth from uh, I believe it was Tuesday because Thanksgiving was Thursday. So check that out if you're interested. But just the way that, that he is willing to adjust, adapt, and make improvements on the fly. Uh, no team has rushed the ball more than the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think that's led to their success. And success to the point to where they're laying three and a half on the road at the Giants. Short week for the Giants. Uh, coming off of what was a horrible loss in in Tampa Bay against the the Buccaneers. Um, I don't want to lay three and a half in a divisional spot, even though it's it, it feels like Philadelphia is the right side. If it were to dip to Philadelphia minus three, 
I could see where there might be a play, but I'm not wanting to lay more than a field goal. Even though they've been successful, I'm still not not feeling laying that hook. So that wraps up the 1 o'clock games. Let's get to the 4 o'clock games. Uh, 4 o'clock, the Chargers going to Denver, laying three. This Oh, and a total of 48 points. Uh, Dr. Kyle has his bet on the Chargers. For me, um, I lean to L.A. if you think that the total of 48 is good. If you think this game is going to land anywhere near 48, then you clearly like L.A. Because I don't think the Denver offense is capable of scoring in that range without significant turnovers from L.A. The game is in Denver. Um, so that tells me that the bookies think that in – because, you know, Denver's a good home field. You know, mile high – so if you give them the full two and a half to three, that tells me that these will be even teams. I don't necessarily buy that. But traveling to Denver, ne- never a great spot. So I'm going to lean to L.A. full bet for Dr. Kyle on the Chargers. Uh, the other team from L.A., the Rams, going to Green Bay, where they are lane two, which I find to be fascinating. I think this has to be injury related to A-Rod's toe and to... The uh, overall injury situation, the Packers lost another offensive lineman. Uh, Nick Bakhtiari's not back yet. Uh, Aaron Jones may or may not play. Uh, I, still, I still find this, this number interesting. So again, L.A. going to Green Bay, laying to total of 47. Uh, Dr. Kyle had nothing on it. This is the other half of my teaser leg. And uh, I just I don't know that Green Bay wins or loses, but I don't think Green Bay loses by more than a touchdown. So that's why I teased Green Bay up to eight points. So I get plus eight, and I teased New England down to minus one against Tennessee. Uh, Final four o'clock game, Minnesota going on the road at San Francisco. Uh, Another interesting stat I heard this week is that Green, excuse me, that that Minnesota has had at least a seven-point lead in every game this season. Talk about a mind blower. I think Kirk Cousins is playing well, but this is a house of horrors for Kirk Cousins. Think about the, the playoffs a couple of years ago. I wanted to go Minnesota even as a lean, but I, I just can't do it. Maybe maybe if it kicked over to three and a half and I got more than a field goal, maybe, because Minnesota's played a ton of close games. But uh, I feel like I, I would like to get a hook here, and I'm not getting it. It's currently minus three, so no action for me or Dr. Kyle. Uh, Sunday night game, Sunday night football, Cleveland going on the road to Baltimore. Baltimore minus three. Uh, this is my big bet. Uh, Dr. Kyle has nothing, but for me, I'm going Baltimore minus three and a half. Lamar got an impromptu buy with the illness. You know, it's not like he missed a game because he had a hamstring or a sprained knee or an ankle or, or a shoulder or anything that Baker's suffering right now. It was an illness. Uh, he is scheduled to start on Sunday. And I love when you go to, it used to be Roto World, now it's NBC Sports Edge. I I love when you go to NBC Sports Edge and when it puts the injury designation next to Baker, it says, in parentheses, everything. Uh, He's got a shoulder, he's got a knee, he's got a heel. I mean, guy's beat up. Let's just be frank. Uh, I I do like Colin Cowherd's take on this. Why not bench him this week? Let him have this week and then the bye for Cleveland's next week and then bring him back against Baltimore in week 14. But that does not seem to be the plan. They're going to start him. I just, I I would love this. I'm looking at the number and it's currently three and a half, but it's a juiced three and a half in favor of Cleveland. I would love 
to get Baltimore laying three at home. But for me, this is as much about Baker being injured and Lamar getting the extra week of rest. So for me, I'm going to go Baltimore minus the three and a half. I'm going to lay the dreaded hook. I'm going to lay the hook and go Baltimore minus three. Final game of the week, Seattle going to Washington, going to the football team. Dr. Kyle has a bet on Seattle. He This game's a pick, by the way. Pick with a total of 46 and a half. Uh, Dr. Kyle is going Seattle. I'm leaning Washington. That defense is playing great, and I'm not so sure what's going on with Seattle. I think there's some internal issues. I don't know how they run the ball. I think the running game looks terrible, whether it's DJ Dallas or Alex Collins or Rashad Penny. Russ doesn't look right with the finger. I believe they're 3-7. and seven. Their season's basically over. What are they playing for? And uh, Washington's kind of surging. And, and believe it or not, 4-6 and six is not completely out of the mix in the NFC. It's like the opposite of the AFC, where it's probably going to take 10 wins to get a wild card in, in the AFC. I think 8 or 9 will get you in in the NFC. So Washington, not playing too bad, just went into Carolina, won the Ron Rivera Bowl over Carolina with Cam Newton. So I, I lean Washington. He went Seattle, and, and that's our week. I'll recap that for you on both sides. Uh, let's go with the bets, and then I'll get you over to some props, and I'll get you guys out of here. Uh, Dr. Kyle, he's going New England, minus 7, at home against Tennessee. He is going Atlanta at Jacksonville, under 46 points. He is going Pittsburgh, plus 3.5 at Cincinnati. He's taken the road dog, Plus three and a half. That is his big bet. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Pittsburgh getting the three and a hook. Uh, he has the Chargers going to Denver, laying three. He's taking a road favorite, laying the three. And he's taking Seattle as a pick'em in Washington against the football team. That is his five. I only have three. I have Cam and Tua in Carolina and Miami. I have those guys going over 42 total points. I have a teaser. I am teasing New England down to minus one, and I'm teasing Green Bay up to plus eight, and that is my teaser of the week, and my third and final bet is going to be Baltimore getting three and a half, excuse me, giving, giving three and a half at home against a very banged up Cleveland Browns. Um, a little leery of the return of Jack Conklin and uh, Mr. Kareem Hunt for you fantasy gamers. But, but not too much to, uh, to make me too worried. So I want to hit you with some props real quick, uh, and then I want to rant on props for just a minute at the end of the show. I'm going to hit you with three, although I like four, and I will uh, jump into this in just a second. So first prop, Trevor Lawrence over 16.5 rush yards. Uh, for me, this is as much about Atlanta as it is about T-Law. Um, you know, five of the ten quarterbacks that have faced the Atlanta Falcons have had over 17 rushing yards this year. And that would be the quarterbacks you would expect. Jalen Hurts had 62. Danny Dimes had 39. Taylor Heineke had 43. Tua had 29. And uh, the team with the most rushing yards against the Atlanta Falcons, Sam Darnold, 66. The, the five that did not have more than 17 were Tom Brady, not a surprise, Mac Jones, not a surprise. A hurt Dak that uh, was recently with the calf. Uh, the the mostly immobile Trevor Simeon, and I was kind of surprised Zach Wilson didn't have more rushing yards. 
against them. Um, but for me, it's about Trevor Lawrence. He's been averaging four rush attempts per game. Uh, he's went over this number in his last two. And I could just see him busting off a couple of long ones against Atlanta. I was, and this is not going on the official record, the, the over 16.5 rushing yards is on BetUS.com. But I wanted to go over 22, um, excuse me, 226 passing yards. It's a weird number to, to lay that, that you know Lawrence hasn't hit that number since week eight. But there are only three QBs to be held under 227 yards by Atlanta. That was Zach Wilson, that was Sam Darnold, and that was Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones easily could have went over the 227. It was his defense was putting up tutties left and right. So for me, uh, those three guys, but the other seven QBs Atlanta has faced this year has, have hit that number. Um, and, and, and here's the number that, that's, that I like the most, is that this game's in Jacksonville, and that's why I like it. Every home QB, every home QB has had at least 227. That's the number you need to get the money here in this game. And every home QB has hit that against Atlanta. Tua, Tom Brady, Danny Dimes, Trevor Simeon, and Dak all went over 227 at home against Atlanta. So um, I don't know if you can parlay those. That's going to be part of my rant here in just a minute. But my official bet is T-Law over 16.5 rushing yards. Don't hate over 226.5 passing yards. My second official one is James Robinson. Same game. James Robinson over 15.5 rush attempts. So seven running backs this year have had at least 14 carries versus Atlanta. And 12 running backs have had 10 carries or more against, against Atlanta. And I know what you're thinking, but, but, but Memphis, they've only had you know 10 games. How could 12 running backs have done it? Well, when you have two-headed monsters like Dallas, where both Pollard and Zeke had double-digit rushes, and most recently against Atlanta, uh, excuse me, against New England, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris both had over 10 touches. That's how. Uh, Atlanta is 20, make sure I get this right for you. They're 23rd in rush yards allowed, and they're 23rd in rush attempts per game to the running back. But Atlanta's actually 11th against the pass, and that Atlanta being 11th against the pass is why I ultimately passed on the passing yardage prop of Trevor Lawrence. Although I, it's a lean. It's, it's a lean at this point. I still like it. So for me, how does Urban Meyer want to win games? He wants to, to pound the ball. Uh, running backs have been averaging up about 25 rush attempts per game against Atlanta. And, you know, that would mean James Robinson would need to get two-thirds of the touches, which is exactly the number of touches he's getting on the year in terms of rush attempts. He's getting 66.7% rush share, and that includes the game where he got hurt against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. So I easily expect James Robinson to be in that 17-18 rush game, especially if this game's close, which the line would indicate that it would be. And for those reasons, I'm going James Robinson over 15.5 rush attempts. My final prop, Tyler Higby going over 37.5 receiving yards. Uh, Tyler has hit 36 or more yards in 6 of 10 games this year. He's played a 90% snap share, and he's got an 81% route participation this year. The 81% route participation is fourth in the league uh, amongst tight ends. He's ran 296 routes, 
fifth amongst tight ends. But he's only ran, uh, he's only had 51 targets, which is 11th amongst the, the, the tight end group. Green Bay giving up five and a half catches per game to the tight end. Higby's averaging just over nine yards a catch. So, you know, just doing some very basic rudimentary math. Despite if they give up the average and he hits his average, he would be in like the 47 and a half range. Um, the props 37 and a half. Uh, I wanted to have a bigger share of Higby without without Robert Woods. Uh, Robert Woods has missed one game since 2018 before tearing his ACL, so there was not a very large sample of Higby without Woods in a McVay offense. Uh, I did like Higby's usage. I mentioned those stats earlier before the Woods industry, uh, injury, and the matchup makes me like the over 37 and a half receiving yards. So those are my three props. I've got James Robinson over 15 and a half rush attempts. I've got Trevor Lawrence over 16 and a half rush yards. I don't hate his 226 and a half passing yards prop either. And then my final prop this week is Tyler Higby over 37 and a half receiving yards. Last thing I got, uh, I'll give you about five minutes or so on this, is there's been a lot of talk about parlays in the gambling space. I actually retweeted one the other day. I think the, 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 the lady's name was Mint or Minty or something about parlays. Here's the thing. I believe parlays, for the most part, are traps. Every once in a while, you can get a, uh, a correlated parlay. Uh, but if DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, if they're all advertising parlays, you really don't advertise something that you lose money on. And if they're not losing money on them, they're winning money on them. And if they're winning money on them, they're winning money from you on them. That's why, that's why they allow them. That's why they allow same-game parlays for the most part. I'll give you an example. Last week, I wanted to take Adam Troutman's two parlay, his two props. I believe it was three and a half receptions because I put out an official prop on his yardage over. We hit, by the way. Love, love tight end props. But it wouldn't let me bet that. It wouldn't let me bet over his receptions and over his receiving yards. Now, why not? That's a correlated parlay. Stands to reason that if he's going to hit his receiving yards, then he should probably hit his, his receptions. But they wouldn't let me do it. They know that this is not available. I could bet him straight up. Couldn't bet him as a parlay. Why? Why? Because if one hits, the other one's more unlikely to hit. I cannot. I mean, parlays are fun. You see people post the occasional five-teamer, ten-teamer, whatever. Fine, but you are not going to beat gambling long-term betting parlays. I, I just you can do it. Like I said, occasionally if they're correlated, like uh, you like the dog under in, in a game. Okay, you know you have all these reasons why you like the defense, whatever. You know, the correlate. Just just do some research on correlated parlays. But then I want you to go to. Even if you can't gamble in your state, just, just do this for reference. Download DraftKings. You can still load up a betting slip. It just won't let you process it, but you can load it up. Try, try to take anyone. Take one you like. Try to take Jamar Chase's receiving yardage prop and try to parlay it, parlay it with his receptions prop, and it won't let you do it. Even before it realizes you may be in a state that does not allow legalized sports gambling, why? Because that's one that you actually have a chance to beat long term. They know it. I know it. Did you know it? Which will allow me to... And so, so, so 
be real easy. There, there is a reason why parlays pay so well. And there's a reason why these sites are advertising them. They want you to bet them. It's the same thing with underdog. You see a lot of sharps, and a lot of these sharps are sponsored by underdog. Salute. Good for you. Make the money. Have fun. But do you know how hard it is to hit a four-teamer? Well, I'll tell you. There's a reason why a, a, a three-teamer pays six to one. And I just closed my laptop. There is a reason why a four-teamer pays, I want to say, it's more than that. Because it's hard to hit. You know, it's it's hard to hit five bets in a row. Think about it. You know, you ask any professional gambler, you know, tweet at Fezzik, ask him at Fezzik Sports, ask him, ask Simon Hunter, ask Chad Millman, ask anybody with the Action Network, Chris Raybon, all these guys, ask all these professional gamblers, what's a professional gambler have to hit to be profitable against the VIG? And the technical number, if you're only laying a dollar ten every time you gamble, is 52.5%. And they'll tell you there's no such thing as a bad 53%er. Maybe it's 54 But anyway, to hit four on a parlay means means you got to hit uh, – you, you, if you go three out of four, 75%, you're crushing the average. You're, cr- you're crushing the pro average. But we show all these things, and it just – it absolutely kills me. It kills me that we promote this without all the information. So I, I only promote things that I believe in that are, I don't say fun, but that are, that can be profitable. So so let's say that, you know, I, I was looking at some of the numbers because um, some of these guys post these things on Twitter. One guy on a four-teamer, a four-teamer on uh, uh, underdog. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I, I know a three-teamer paid 210. I don't remember what, what, what a four-teamer paid. Um, he, he was posting it at $35. Well, he, here's how I approach that. If you think you can go five for five on props and you can do it all in a given week, let, let me give you a different way to approach it. If, if I don't know how underdog takes action, but this is just something. But if you think you can go five for five in a given week and you can do that regularly, let me give you a, a different way to go about it. So let's say you take that same 35 bucks, okay? And it's going to be a little bit wonky because there's going to be VIG, lay 115, lay 110. But just go with me here. Let's pretend like for just a second there is no VIG. There's going to be, so that will skew these numbers a little bit. So let's say you take that 35 bucks and you like a prop on Thursday night. Well, you bet 35 bucks, and let's say you had even money and you got 70 back. Okay, there's one win. Now let's go to the Sunday 1 p.m. slate. You find another game that you like. Now... You take the entire 70 from Thursday. Remember, you bet 35. You won, so you got paid 70. Let's bet all 70 on a second prop on the 1 p.m. Sunday slate. Okay, boom. Now you win that one. Now you've won two. You've won two. And let's say, again, hypothetically, no juice, you win 140. Okay, now you have 140. Okay, now you you roll that entire 140 into a bet at the 4 o'clock games. You, you, you have your... your, your you're picked out your four o'clock prop. Cool. Okay. Now you win that one. Okay. Now you now you've turned your 140 to 280. Okay. Now you bet one on Sunday night football. You bet 280, and now you've won. You've turned in, into 560. Okay. You've only won four. Let's say you actually hit that mystery fifth leg on on Thursday on Monday night football. You turn that 560 into 1120. 
you still had to hit five props. You had to go correct. Five out of five, not four out of five, not three out of five. Five out of five. You had to spread it out over a three-day period, Thursday, Sunday, Monday. The math is the same, but you, you've, you've made a lot more money betting it this way. And if at any point, at any point, you, you feel like, you know, you, you, you just don't, you can stop. You know, if you turned your 35, you've won three in a row. You went from 35 to 70 on the first win, 70 to 140 on the second win, 140 to 280, and you've turned your 35, and you can just stop. You can't stop on these goofy parlays on underdog and monkey. You just can't. You can't stop. The action continues. So for me, my suggestion is if you can bet them that way and you want the exponential odds, you want to turn a small amount of money into a bigger amount of money, that's a much better way to do it. Because at any point, if you don't like it, and here's the thing, same thing, they bet five on underdog, I could bet five in a row, and if we both hit, I win more money. I just do. I, I win more money than they do because I'm letting I'm letting it roll. And at the end of the day, if we both lose, we both lost thirty five bucks. But I won more money. I can quit at any time. I can say, ah, you know what? Something changed because once that parlay's built on monkey knife fighter underdog, you're done. Once the money's in, you know what if a, a rainstorm pops up and kills one of your overs, or what if a rainstorm that was supposed to happen or a windstorm doesn't that kills one of your unders. You can't, you can't stop. You're stuck. So I know they're fun. I, I know they're a lot of action. I'm just going to tell you um, there are better ways to get in action than that. Um, that's the end of my rant. I've got a big night planned with my family tonight, so I'm going to get out of here. I want to thank Mike for watching along in the chat with me, and we'll see you back here next time on the Fabulous Big Bet. Thanks for tuning in. Thousand dollars is a cool G as we call it back home. Are you at liberty to play for that, Stanley? Would you prefer to play for smiles? <laughs>